What is it? It's your future. It's called a Stargate. Chevron 7 locked. Welcome to Walking Through the Stargate. I'm Brent. And I'm Zach. This is episode 179, and we'll be talking about Stargate Atlantis' episode Sanctuary. Sanctuary! Who who was the person who needed this? Anyway, uh, so, um, Sanctuary. We're an independent podcast, friends. And I'm getting distracted because uh, I have my Discord open and there's stuff coming in. I can't look at it. So uh, if uh, if you, sorry, if you like what we've got going on, including these things where I admit that I'm not able to concentrate as well as I'd like to, uh, you can support the show if you want. <laughs> You can go to buymeacoffee.com slash walking through and uh, or you can go to our website, WTTS dot space space and you can click on the coffee cup icon in the bottom right corner there. You can buy us a cup of coffee or two or five or ten or a hundred if you wanted to, if you were crazy like that. But, you know, you can do what you want. Uh, If 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 you have hundreds of dollars burning a hole in your pocket because, yes, you know, it happens. And you are sure. listening to this podcast, which <laughs> yeah. is conceivable. Yes, yes, And yes. you enjoy what you listen to, then by yes. all means, send it to us. Yeah, yeah, uh, sure. We'll take it. Gladly. And we'll thank you for it. We will. But, you know, if you don't have hundreds of dollars burning in your pocket and you still want to throw some money our way, we'll take that too. And gladly thank you for that as well. Yes. And importantly... If you do have hundreds of dollars burning a hole in your pocket and you don't want to send it, or you do have some dollars and you don't want to send it, or you don't have some do- that's fine, too. <laughs> so the, the key no is, fear. it's a Venn diagram of having money that you can spend on things. Yes. And wanting to spend money on our podcast. Yes. Where those things interlock, intersect. Yes. That's then right. By all means. That's that's exactly right. That's why we have the buy. The, thank you. Our yeah. buy me a coffee is the center of the Venn diagram. Perfect. So uh, you can do that. And also there, there's a little membership button so that if you want to be in that center of the Venn diagram for a recurring situation, you can do that. Uh, We also have some wish list items. So if your Venn diagram uh, is is larger than uh, what you otherwise might want to be worried about, I don't know where I was going with that. You could throw cash our way towards some things that help make the recording faster and better, or you could also throw money towards a little project that will make me sad happy, which is that we have to watch two more episodes of Stargate Infinity and rate and review them. Um, but uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I don't know where uh, you're it, going. No, I really don't. So if uh, so, I'll just I'll just keep moving on. If uh, you have friends in your life who <laughs> need more of this flawless Stargate content, uh, absolutely. <laughs> then you can tell them they can find our show on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts. I think that's it. Um, and uh, Podcast on our website, aggregators. Podcast. I'll get there. I'll get there. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. On uh, <laughs> our website, we've got a player there. And uh, my personal favorite podcast aggregators and uh, they can search walking through the Stargate and they'll find us. In fact, I I think if you just type walking through the you'll find us as well. But um, yeah, so Zach, yes, Brent, if a person wants to let us know that uh, the Venn diagram is actually a bit more complex than that, that there is actually also their intersection in time because some people are listening to us in our distant past. And we might not be actually like around. It might be like 150 years in our future right now. Well, um, 
you know, so if if, if yeah. I'm dead, don't yeah. give me money. Y- yeah. So that's simple. You, you might have a little bit of homework to do if you're listening to this to be like, are they still alive? And boy, this is getting morbid. But you know what? I'm just going to go with that 150 year thing. <laughs> <laughs> you're listening to this in the year. 2173 and you're like surely these guys aren't around are they and you'd look it up and you'd be like wow someone from that area is that's weird but uh not these guys uh then don't worry about it but if the, if we are around then yeah but we need that venn diagram updated so zach how yes, might they let us know <laughs> well, well we'll get there i would just like to point out brent yeah i have a legitimate reason for being this Whatever this is, loopy. As, as I spent twenty four hours trying to get from Denver to home, yeah. uh, over the last two days, yeah. Um, so that makes sense for me. Why are you so loopy? What's my excuse? Um, yeah, I had a good breakfast. Close enough. So <laughs> if you want to email us, email us at walkingthroughthestargate@gmail.com. You of course can find us on Facebook. Uh, we've got the Walking Through the Stargate Facebook page and group. You can like and share and subscribe. I don't know. Whatever the the appropriate buttons are. Do the buttons. Uh, you can also go to our website, WTTS.space. Space! And there you can look at our podcast. Look at the... Uh, there is a grilled cheese recipe there, uh, I think. Yes. Is there? Yes. Uh, um, you got to go to the website to find out. Oh, okay. I don't know. I haven't been to the website in a while. Uh, no, that's not true. I have been to the website because I wanted to click on the buy me a coffee link just to, because that was the easiest way for me to get into that. And I want to look around there. So you can do that. Also on the website is a link to the discords. Yes. Uh, you can check out our discord page and channels. I don't know, whatever it is. I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. good with that's my exactly lingos. Right. The Discord server, and there's a lot of channels, and we just made a new one, which is a lot of fun, but it's for adults only. Whoa. Yes. It's for those who are a- allowed legally to partake. Don't spoil it. <laughs> hey, don't worry. It's not like we suddenly changed this pot. This podcast is still going to be found. We're not. Don't worry about it. I'm just saying. If you're curious, you got to go to the discords to find out. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is going to be an episode. It, it, I'm not maybe. gonna say it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's gonna be an episode. We're gonna we're we're gonna see. Let's let's find out. All right. Well, um, with all of this, mm-hmm. uh, Brent, uh, I'm just gonna toss this out there because it was in their show notes from you know it's a previous artifact thing. But we are thinking about doing a Star Trek Stargate convention in yes. 2024. Yes. Uh, we're gonna kind of figure things out, see if it's actually happening and going on, and we'll let y'all know in Decemberish uh, what yep. our plan is. For all of that, assuming it's happening, blah, blah, blah. I did do a little bit of research and nowhere did I see that there was going to be a 2024 convention in the Chicagoland area, which is where we had assumed that there was going to be one. There was not one in 23 um, because it would have happened already and it wasn't announced. And the the last one was from 22. Mm. Uh, So and also there was one that I saw that was Stargate only that was for I can't remember where it was at you know in several months time or whatever but it was canceled so maybe not might not but we'll see we'll see we'll We'll see see. and you know if if there is one in 2024 and it's not in the chicago area where we had originally thought about yeah 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 that does not preclude that we will go it just means that there are added wrinkles Uh, yeah sure but it was one of those things of like when i said hey we should probably plan on doing this i was assuming (laughs) 
<laughs> and you know what they say about assuming. I um, do. Uh, that there would be one in the Chicago. As in like, oh, we'll go here and it'll be about this time of year and all that jazz. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. But we're still thinking about it. I think thinking. it's still a good idea. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So let's dig into Sanctuary, shall we? Yes. Let's get into all this. Right. So the uh, director for Sanctuary is James Head. Yeah. And this is the only Atlantis, and I think it's the only Stargate yeah, okay. uh, credit for James Head. Yep. Uh, he is known for R.L. Stein's The Haunting Hour, uh, okay. and Stakeout, and Spooksville. Bokey dokey. Okey dokey. Uh, he also directed an episode of Battlestar Galactica, the episode Black mm-hmm. Market, which I want to say is in the... Th- third season it might have been the fourth yeah, season I don't know. yeah i don't know somewhere in there um before he did directing he did a lot of camera work camera operator stuff and second unit directing stuff mm-hmm. okay uh his first directing credit on imdb was the video game need for speed oh, in 1994 there you go yeah and so with a brand new director for this episode it's important and v- to have a brand new uh, writer for this. No. <laughs> I thought you were going to go the other way. <laughs> no, no. Uh-huh. Th- this is this is a fully virgin episode. Yeah, yeah sure was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the uh, teleplay is by Alan Brennert. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, this is his only Atlantis credit. He does have another name that he often will use, Michael Bryant. Uh, So if you've ever seen the name Michael Bryant, that's the same guy as Alan Brennert. Uh, He was born in New Jersey. He is a writer-producer known for L.A. Law Mm -hmm. in the 1980s, The Twilight Zone in the 80s, and Dark Room in the 80s. Gotcha. Uh, He does have two episodes from Star Trek Enterprise uh, where he wrote... Uh, this and those two Enterprise episodes were his last writing credits on IMDb. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Um, now, he was also, just a note, an aside, he was a consulting producer for about half of that Enterprise season four where he wrote those two episodes. So gotcha. Yep. Uh, his first IMDb credit came way back in the 1970s, in mm-hmm. 78 and 79. I mm-hmm. was alive, thank you mm-hmm. very much. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. Uh, you were not. No. Um, the TV series Wonder Woman, he mm-hmm. uh, wrote four episodes in season three. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. So there you go. Uh, guest actors for this episode. We've got Paul McGillian returning as Dr. Carson Beckett. Yep. We've got Craig Veroni as Dr. Peter Groudon. Yep. We've got Robert Thurston as Zara. Oh, wait. Yeah. He's a new guy. Anyway, uh, oh, he's, he's the known for. Abbott, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, he's known for Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, mm-hmm. uh, Bird on a Wire in 1990, and this episode of Stargate Atlantis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did play, actually, Scientist Number 2 in the Season 6 episodes Redemption Part 1 and Redemption Part 2. Okay. Uh, let's Didn't see here. That would have been the very beginning of Season 6 with Jonas Quinn figuring out and, and Anubis blowing, trying to blow up things with, you know, yeah, uh, gotcha. with, with the laser to the to the, the Stargate and yep. such. Uh, so he played scientist number two in that, and now he's returning here as Robert, uh, as, as a Zara. Yep. Uh, his first IMDb credit came in 1988 in the TV series Murphy's Law. He mm-hmm. plays Neville in the episode. I think I think I didn't change this. 
Murphy's just Law Devil episode. If you can win, shoot for. No, I don't know. I don't think that. I don't recognize this. Oh, maybe, maybe. I, I can't remember. I, I did this last night. <laughs> so we are making no claims to the factual accuracy of this episode. And I'm not going to check it out. So <laughs> I, I'm done. <laughs> so I'll read the words. Did, did I mention that I was traveling from you Denver did, to my home yes. for a 24-hour so period? Words yeah. on the screen are that his first IMDb credit was from the TV series Murphy's Law, where he played the character Neville in 1988, or maybe that was when the series, whatever. In the episode, if you can't win, shoot for a tie. That might be accurate, or it might not be. I can't yeah, remember who knows? now. Um, but we have uh, Leonor Varela. I make no uh, guarantees on the pronunciation of that name. Oh, looked okay. Uh, but she plays Chaya Sar. Mm-hmm. He's uh, the love interest, the the ascended being. Yeah. Yep, um, yep. Here is her mini IMDb bio by Nindy. Uh-huh, okay. Uh-huh. Leonor Varela was born on December 29, 19... Hey, that's my birthday! Hey! I mean, she's older than me, but, but hey, that's my birthday! I, I, you may not have realized this. I copy and pasted. I haven't read it yet. <laughs> that's uh, delightful. She was, yeah, she was born in Chile. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the daughter of a massage therapist... And a biologist, neuroscientist, philosopher. Okay. I'm skipping names here. Yes. Because you don't want me trying to do those. Yeah. Uh, her family fled to Costa Rica, leaving behind the dictatorship of Augusto Pinochet. Yeah. Yep. Sure. Uh, they subsequently reside in Germany, in the U.S., and France. All at the same time. Wow, man. Like, you and, know. Uh, yeah, like they'd, they'd spend like you know the week in Germany and then they'd weekend in France and then they'd have like no you know, no no like no, a Monday morning have, meeting in the they, US. They've actually managed to 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 split themselves such that they are in France, Germany, and the U.S. at the same time. But there's three of them, so maybe each one lived in one of those countries. Ooh, yeah. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Anyway, in the '90s, she appeared in the Chilean soap Tic Tac mm-hmm. and in other French and European productions like Pony Trek. What? Uh, I am just reading what's on the page. Pony Trek. It's in yay, 1995. Yay, yay, yay. Sous le Soleil in 96. <laughs> Shooting Stars in 97. A Legend to Ride also in 97. Le Juste in 96. Or Bouge. <laughs> That's what the words are. <laughs> Those are the words. Yep. Uh, her career in Hollywood. <laughs> Hollywood? Look at this. This thing is terrible. <laughs> that should be Hollywood. Yes. But, you know, I'm just reading what's on the page. Just reading what's on the page. Began in 1998 when she starred opposite Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh. And she appeared in the Bible collection, Jeremiah, opposite Patrick Dempsey. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, oh, I she think was you in, skipped, yeah, The Man in the oh, Iron I Mask. Oh, I line. She, she joined the cast of The Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. When she starred opposite Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And she also appeared in The Bible Collection, Jeremiah, opposite Patrick Dempsey. Yeah, there you go. Uh, the following year, she played the title character in the ABC TV movie Cleopatra. Oh. Opposite oh. her future fiancé, Billy Zane, oh. and Timothy Dalton. I presume that Billy Zane is her <laughs> future fiancé, and she was just acting opposite <laughs> Timothy Dalton. But that's not how it's written. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Well, you know... Hey, I don't. I don't want to shame anybody. That's it's, it's their thing. Uh, it's their thing. Their if thing. they're gonna do their thing, okay. it's fine. They do their thing. All right. 
She appeared in The Tailor of Panama as Marta and in Texas Rangers as Perdita Mm -hmm. opposite Ashton Kutcher. Uh Aha. Who, by the way, is from Iowa. Yes. Just wanted to. Um, in 2002, she appeared as the fanged vampire princess Nyssa mm-hmm. in the action film Blade 2, mm-hmm. opposite Wesley Snipes and Chris Christopherson, and directed by Guillermo del Toro. Mm-hmm. After that uh, was the movie uh, Pareso B in 2002 as Gloria and in Posse Grave, Grave uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, as Angela. There you go. Yep. Um, she does TV shows. She's been on Arrested Development. I'm sub, uh, I'm, uh, skipping, skimming some of this stuff. Uh, she was the original Marta, apparently, in Arrested Development. Mm -hmm. She was nominated for the Ariel Award for Best Actress for Innocent Voices. She has a non-recurring role in Stargate Atlantis. Okay. Okay. Spoiler. Yeah, so she's in yeah. this episode, and that's it. So, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so much for. Will I see you again? So, anyway, so, here I am. Anyway, you know. Anyway, so anyway, uh, in 2005, she appeared as Adela in Americano, and she's got various projects moving forward. Clearly, this was written uh shortly after this episode aired you know in the 2007 yeah. 2008 it's really range, interesting so. so like imdb is not like an ignored thing right like yeah like yeah, there's plenty of stuff happening on imdb but like it's so weird how many of these guest actor things just kind of stop maybe they do atlantis and they're like you know what i this is i've hit it i've hit the step the, the zenith of television i i can't i can't do anything better well, what's fascinating though is that that um like their their uh their film credits those continue like th- those are i mean you still yeah, see 2024 sure. production dates things you know on them so those stay up to date but nobody bothers to go back and adjust these rewrite various these bios yeah well i mean but we but what we might actually be seeing is an artifact of the early 2000s where we were in the golden age of just of just creating stuff that's true and of course most of this stuff is written uh, with a few exceptions, mostly by by users of IMDb, yes, who are fans of these people. Yep. Um, and occasionally you will see production oh, companies man. do that, but Zach. those production ones tend to be old. I wonder. Yes. I wonder if there's a correlation between user created content and an inverse correlation between user created content and the rise of social media. Like, were people more willing to write things because they had time or energy or whatever, and now their eyeballs are just being sucked towards the the next post? <gasps> Oh, social media is bad. Like somebody's research paper for for a doctoral dissertation. This is not a doctoral dissertation, but sure. You know what? Anything can be a doctoral (laughs) dissertation. (laughs) You just have to go to the right place. You got to go to the right place, and you got to try hard enough. That's all. (laughs) All right. Anyway, uh, her first IMDb credit came in the TV series Extreme Limits. Uh huh. Uh, she played Marie in 1995, and the episode was Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. So the original air date for this was February 11, 2005. Yep. Uh, and so all the stuff that we talked about last time yep. with whatever the episode was, full alert. Yep. That's uh, right. It, it's all the same. So yep. There you go. Doing the Toy Soldier song, which after I started playing it, I'm like, oh, I think I remember. No, actually, no, I remember the the song that it was based on, but I don't remember it. Anyway, doesn't matter. It was there. Anyway, uh, I got a couple of trivia things here for this episode. Yeah. Um, 
the set for the uh for her temple. Yes. And and city. That was actually the same set that was used for uh uh King Archon's world. Yeah. It's good to be king. Yeah. Yep. I was so. yeah, recognizing the set. Yep. Yep. Um and then at the end of the episode when Chaya and Shepard share each other, this is of course a nod back to the ancient Orlin and Major Samantha Carter at the time she was major uh in episode ascension when they shared some time with each other um so there you go huh uh, little I seem to have forgotten nod that. back to 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 that yeah um uh at least with this it wasn't creepy i mean we'll get into it <laughs> well okay so so let, let, let me rephrase um it th- this wasn't an issue of of one person trying to pressure the other person again and again, and then they relent. This was uh, yeah. two people courting. I mean, it was awkward. It was weird. It was not done well, potentially. Um, we'll get into it. We'll get to that. Uh, anyway, so this is different. Uh, it's a little bit better, I, I think, <laughs> maybe. Anyway, uh, this title, uh, we call it Sanctuary. The Russians and Hungarians also called it Sanctuary. The French call it Out of Reach. I don't know what's out of reach, but apparently something's something out of reach. And the Germans just call it Chaya. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yep. So Brent. Yeah. Uh, because I was traveling for a long time. Yeah. I said I can do the show and I can make the show notes, but I can't do the synopsis. And I asked if you would do the synopsis, and you said right on. Yes, I did. So I will lob the ball. Yes. To you for the synopsis. Yeah, and the reason why I said right on is because I had a brilliant idea. And my okay. idea was once again to go to ChatGPT <laughs> to have it rewrite what was already written. But this time I said to do it in the voice of Apophis. Ooh. Yes. So, okay, a, a question. Yeah. I've never actually used ChatGPT, so I don't understand. Yeah. When you say you wanted to do it in the voice of Apophis, uh-huh. how do you tell ChatGPT that that's the voice that you want to use? So I say, uh, uh, I usually greet it because I'm a kind and generous soul. And I say, hello, chat. I want to rewrite a paragraph and I want it to be written in the voice of the system lord Apophis. Can you help me? And and I said what episode it was. And it responded in the voice of Apophis saying, foolish mortal. In fact, actually, you know what? You know, I'll, hang on. Give me a second. Here. Hold on. All right. Real exciting. Real exciting. Real exciting stuff. That I did. This is hot audio that I'm creating. Okay, I said, well, I, I would like to have you rewrite a synopsis of the Stargate Atlantis episode Sanctuary, but in the voice of the system lord Apophis. Are you able to help me with this? And it said, ah, the insolent Tauri. In the episode titled Sanctuary of Stargate Atlantis, a mere speck in the vast ocean of my dominion, they fur- which isn't true, they further delve into their futile quest for glory. It goes on. It does the whole thing. And I'm like, no, no, no. Great. Good. Yeah, you're doing it. Um, but I want you to rewrite something. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I gave it the text, and then it rewrote it. And so I'm about to write. I've, that's what I'm about to read to you right now. Okay. So, so when before you had it do it me, how does how does ChatGPT know how I talk? Uh, how did I do that before? I did that. This is real excellent audio. Um, and I can't remember. So what I did that time was that I said, um, I would like you to rewrite a synopsis. Uh, in the voice of a, of a uh, sample of text that I'm going to provide, and then I provided the ah. the written thing that you know the, the show notes that we had done for the whatever that one episode was, and then 
I gave it the synopsis and it did the rest. So in this one, you just told it in the voice of yes. the system Lord Apophis. Yes. And you assume, perhaps rightly, that Chat GPT knows that the system Lord Apophis is a reference to Stargate yes. SG one. That's right. And so on and so forth. Correct. And so, you know, when it comes to things that are relatively well known, you can it's a pretty decent bet. Um for things that are a bit more esoteric, like the voice of a podcast uh, host, I you gotta you gotta give it something to go on, right? It, it won't necessarily. Right. I mean, no, it'll totally try. The, in my experience, this thing will absolutely, confidently start telling you things, but it won't necessarily <laughs> be right. So you gotta gotta watch it. All right, <laughs> all right. So you ready for the synopsis? All right, with all of that, let's let's uh, do the synopsis. Here. Okay. So, previously on Stargate Atlantis, the Atlantis expedition encounters the hibernating wraith and awakens them. Dr. Rodney McKay and Major John Shepard find a lab where the ancients research ascension. da da da, da. All right. And All right, now- pause. Yeah. My question. Yeah. Are you going to flange this voice? I was not planning to flange this voice, but I was planning on doing something else. Okay. Okay, you ready? I'm ready. And now, the synopsis in the voice of Apophis as generated by ChatGPT. Such a tale of mere mortals and ascended beings unfolds before the all-seeing eyes of the great Apophis. In the vast reaches of the cosmos, Shepard, a lonely Tauri, and his puddle jumper evade the pursuit of three wraith darts. A sudden burst of energy from the planet below obliterates the pursuers. McKay, the Tauri scientist, conjectures on the ancient weapon, fueled by the enigmatic zero-point module lurking beneath the surface of this world. <laughs> Upon landing, they encounter a primitive civilization untouched by the terror of the Wraith, under the protection of the celestial entity they call Athar. Chayasar, a priestess of Athar, greets the Tauri as McKay blabbers about an unseen weapon. The simple inhabitants look on in obliviousness, forcing Shepard to silence his babbling comrade in a futile attempt to form a sanctuary for the refugees. They are refused by Chaya after consultation with Athar, with the preservation of her people being of most importance. Anger and frustration cloud McKay as Shepard attempts to mend the situation and, fascinated by Chaya, invites her back to Atlantis. Chaya steps foot in the Tauri city of Atlantis and confounds them by unexpectedly activating a biometric sensor array, revealing her compatibility with ancient technology. Despite their positions of technological progress for her civilization in exchange for refuge, Chaya firmly rejects, claiming Athar's guidance suffices their needs. The Tauri offer knowledge of Earth's religious multitude and a desperate bid for cooperation, which she kindly agrees to consider. McKay, forever distrusting, suspects Chaya's unnaturally perfect health and suspects her as an alien entity. He fears Shepard's increasing closeness with her, based on her triggering an ancient alien detection system in Atlantis. Lacking concrete proof, he pleads with Weir to expel her from their city. Shepard, however, shares a moonlit picnic with Chaya, attempting to strengthen their bond, even sharing an intimate moment with her. McKay's whispers of suspicion about Shia reach Shepard's ears. Shia, witnessing the distrust in the eyes of the Tauri, particularly from McKay, retreats from their presence. She disapproves of the hostility and suspicion prevalent in their earthly cultures and expresses her disappointment. 
Soon, McKay's suspicion is confirmed. Shia is an ancient. Revealing her identity, she confesses her romantic interest in Shepard, but also the grim truth that she cannot offer sanctuary nor assistance in Atlantis. Before they can further converse, Shia senses the wraith attacking her world. Transforming into ascended form, she swiftly leaves through the Stargate, with Shepard tailing her in his jumper. As Shepard's jumper. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> As Shepard bravely battles the wraith darts, Shia commands him to retreat and single-handedly obliterates the wraith using her celestial power. On the surface of Proclus, Shepard confronts Shia, who reveals that she is a Thar. In the past, her violent retaliation against the Wraith attack led to her punishment by the Ancients, eternal solitude and confinement to Proclus. Despite this, she takes solace in Shepard's company and is permitted occasionally occasional visits from him. In a moment of shared understanding, she imparts a piece of herself. To the Tauri leader. So the tale unravels under the gaze of Apophis, reminding all of the intricate dance of power, trust, and destiny that unfolds in the cosmic theater. The end. <coughs> what, what is most impressive yeah? to me is that you held that voice for that long. Oh my gosh, I'm glad I got some water. Hoo-wee. <laughs> oh, I, I was just thinking, oh my, that, that, that's got to be hurting. Uh, that cannot be good for your cords. Uh, it's not the worst. <laughs> Doing it for I, I don't know how many minutes I did. It's the but, worst. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, there we go. That's the, that's the synopsis in the, in the voice of Apophis, more or less. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, Brent. Yeah. Now that you have seen Sanctuary. Uh huh. And recovered a little bit from that uh, <laughs> astounding reading. Uh, what'd you think? Um, boy, this was an episode, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. So, like, <clears throat> I, I'm not a fan of episodes where the primary point of the story is a romantic interest. It's just for me. That's just that's just my deal. Um, I don't necessarily have a problem with it per se, but it's that's not something that engages me very well. Uh, and add on top of it that there was a lot of. So I can't help but get on my soapbox a little bit. So friends, forgive me a little. Um, there was just too many little like like cultural tie-ins that they were trying to do on Proculus that just kind of wasn't working for me. Like this whole like Polynesian thing that was sort of happening, but like uh, the, 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 the high priestess and the abbot, like being a couple of, you know, well, one's a white dude and one's a, you know, Latina, but like, like it wasn't Polynesian and it, you know, if it was, I probably would have been jamming on it, but it wasn't. And um, there were some other, like cultural elements that just didn't seem to vibe. And then well, they use their garb was kind of um, like Buddhist monk. Yeah. Slash like slash friar tuck. Like, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then they chose to do the set, which I recognized, uh, you know, that that medieval castle setting that was being used for it's good to be king, which I mean, like, that's it's not the worst. However, like it. It was reminding me, well, I mean, 
frankly. I mean, this is season one Atlantis. It was reminding me of a season one uh, SG-1 episode where they were just kind of like hodgepodging some cultural elements together in an attempt to create some kind of like, you know, ooh, ah, look at this type of a thing. Like in, in SG-1, at least it, quote, made sense, unquote, because the whole premise of the movie was that through the Stargate, you went to a culture who was uh, ancient Egyptian in nature mm-hmm. and or at least, you know, proximal to ancient Egyptian in nature. And uh, that was the main driver for what the first half of the first season, maybe more of SG one of let's go bounce around and see all these cultures from, from the before times. Um, But it wasn't really working for me. So there's that. And then you had that overlay of the religious element, which is it's thin ice. Um, You've got, You've got McKay being the the quintessential like um, um, cynic, and mm-hmm. you've got uh, Taylor, who is the you know the the quintessential though still Western European capital E enlightened uh, voice, and you've got John Shepard, who is it's he's kind of clearly in it for the the gains that they could be getting. So he's so his heart isn't in the right place really either. And so like I've got this mishmash culture thing. I've got this uh, religious overtone thing. I've got these characters who like they're 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 kind of true to the root of their voice, but the but it's not subtle or and it's not nuanced. So therefore, it's kind of a little bonk bonk. And Mm -hmm. that's all in the first like third, you know, the mystery weapon, the the society that says that they don't have a weapon, of course, I'm immediately thinking of the Janai. They make reference to that, but they don't say it in name, which I thought was a little weird. Um, and so then the second third, maybe a little more, is like this whole like negotiation thing, which I also thought was a little weird. Like, like she singularly is going to represent, uh, you know, her world in negotiations for the creation of a sanctuary. Um, and you know, though, of course it works out just fine. She's, she's squaring off in a, you know, 20, 20th century, 21st century Western world style negotiation against an expert negotiator in that genre as in like how, what, like, and there's no friction here. And of course, obviously there is not because spoilers actually she's an ancient, but like, at the time, <laughs> it's like, True. why? What? This doesn't seem to add up very much. And then the ancient gene thing, that was a little less astonishing than I thought that they thought it was just because, um, you know, like it, it there were there's ancient genes left on Earth. Uh, surely there there might be ancient genes scattered around this galaxy, which does bring me then to something that I did think of, which I thought was a very peculiar plot hole, I think. The ancients were pushed back and defeated by the wraith. They fled to the Milky Way through the Atlantean, uh, the Atlant- the, the Atlantean Stargate, where they then became right. probably early inhabitants on the planet Earth, etc., etc., etc. And also, some or many or all ascended into beings of pure energy and the timeline is a little bit weird for me because like the the ascended ancients seem to have been like eternal as in like a long time ago 
And the jumping back through the gate was, what, 10,000 years ago, which was a while ago, but that's not quite the same to me. And so you have a situation where there is an ethereal ascended ancient in the Pegasus galaxy. Apparently there are more. Fine. Apparently they still stand by their code of non-intervention. Okay. Um, her punishment is to now always stay here and protect this group of people, but no other people. Okay-ish. But you, you're telling me that not anybody, not any ancient from the Earth area ascended and said, you know what I want to do? <laughs> I want to go back to the Pegasus galaxy and kick some Wraith butt? Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I, I, I don't buy that necessarily. So that seems like a gap for me. I can tell you want to respond. Uh, so I'll, I'll just say this. Um, the okay, As we get further along in SG-1 and Atlantis, yeah. um, the, the story of the ancients will develop. Good, good. Um, that excites we'll, me. We'll, we'll see more of, of that. And I suspect that it will address at least uh, tangentially Fine. Um, uh, some of these questions that you are wrestling Pondering. with at this point in time. Great. Good. Good to hear. That's actually good. Okay. So then that's the second third. And then the last third is more like the, the, the resolution of the love story that's kind of be- that's happening. And the love story is something that I was just, I just, I don't know. Like, it's a little, I'm not interested in watching a guy get gobsmacked over a pretty lady like it's just not something that i'm really interested in mm-hmm. and here we've got a character who's getting gobsmacked by a pretty lady and then it's later revealed that she's a demigod which kind of makes things weird and the reason why it makes things weird and the reason why i was like oh i forgot about the whole what's his face and sam carter thing um from before is that uh power dynamics are still power dynamics and the reason why we uh, don't like uh, relationships that are between people of significantly different power dynamics is that it's impossible for the person with the, the lesser power to be engaging in that situation with the same kind of equality as the other. And if we are hoping for relationships of equity, of equality, then, then that has to be something that has, that, that, that has to be known when you're going into the room. And so a godlike figure who is kind of taking advantage of a gobsmacked dude, like you're telling me this is the first gobsmacked dude. And then she even mentions that, you know, like, you know, I haven't I, like something like I haven't felt like this for anybody until I met you. Um, so then I guess taken at face value, no one else has come into this realm that has uh, uh, that has tantalized her in the way that John Shepard has. Okay. What about John Shepard then is makes a God willing to do this? Like, as I'm speaking that out loud, I'm at least willing to go into like the Grecian version of hero stories where gods totally do this, like (laughs) where they're all like, (laughs) oh, yeah, no, like he's a stone cold hottie. So I'm going to like, you know, like have a picnic with him, quote unquote, have a picnic. Um, Okay, maybe I'll get off my high horse a little bit. But when I was watching it, I was just like, I don't know. Oh, of course she's ascended. Oh, of course it's saving the day. Him going through the Stargate, then it's still kind of like, what do you think you're going to do? And it's 
it's even said, what do you think you're going to do? And he's like, whatever, I'm not going to let her do it by herself. And it's like, she's a god, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, you took out two Wraith mosquito ships and she then took out, what was it? At least one hive ship, maybe two. Um, and a bunch of those needle nose plier dudes at like, like she's gone. They're all done. Like of our, what? 60 hive ships. Did I see two in there? Or at least one. There's one less. I don't recall. Off top you know what I'm saying though? Like, it's like, like that's, that, that should be celebrated as a humongous victory. Like your, your enemy just went down one sixtieth. Um, like that's, it was weird. It was, it was this weird hubris type thing. And then it ended with them having like their version of alien sex. Like it's like, I'm at least somewhat sympathetic with, you know, uh, uh, Shepard going, this is cool. Cause you know, come on, let's be real. That, that would probably be kind of cool, but it, it just, it was just kind of a, it was a big love story wrapped up in sci-fi sort of with, you know, a little bit too much like star Trek, the original series, like, you know, your God is actually an alien type thing on top of it, but also a layer of, you know, and yet, the, the, she is so powerful that she might as well be a god and then what's the point and then and then and then and then and then and i'll wrap it up here top it off non-recurring role <laughs> okie dokie <laughs> what was the point um other than to say that john shepherd is captain kirk which was j- joked about several times so that's where i'm at I, that's how that's my general feelings what about you what do you what do you think so about this one? um like you, this general storyline is not terribly appealing to me. Yeah. I, I don't need the romantic story like this, um, especially when it's written and portrayed like this. Yeah. Um, everything else, like, so this episode looks like it was written by a rookie to this genre uh, or to yeah. this, uh, is accurate. this uh, franchise. Yep. And it was. Yep. And it looked like it was directed by a rookie <laughs> to this franchise. Which it was. And it was. <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, kind of. So, like, the 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 characters, like like John Shepard, Rodney McKay, those are the two big ones. Yeah. Um, became caricatures of themselves in this yeah, episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? I mean, it's like, like Shepard is... You know, he's a dashing man. He's he's good looking. He, you know, recognizes beauty. He doesn't have the same type of uh, you know, let me mack on every woman on every planet I go to. Right. Uh, in the same way that Kirk does. Riker. But he does kind of, you know, notice people and and get vibes for people. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, that that's part of who he is. And it's actually been mentioned beyond this episode that that uh you know, he's kind of got some Kirk-like qualities yeah, yeah, there. Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. But you take this episode, and, and he sees her, and he's practically drooling. Yes, yes. And I'm like, okay, so this is just taking elements of who this character is and ratcheting it up to 12. Uh, yeah. And, and then the same thing happens with McKay. Right, we know that McKay is super arrogant. Blah 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 blah. We've also seen in the last few episodes recently where he has matured a lot. Yes, yes. And the McKay we get in this episode is a is the same McKay that yeah. we get in the first episode of the season. Yeah, 
Uh, it, it's it's a McKay who is so focused on his thing that he can't see anything else, and he is just an ass about it. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's not that that's not McKay. It is, but it's McKay like in Technicolor. Yeah. <laughs> The blues are blue and the reds are red. Red. You know, I mean, it's just like, um, and it's just like, it's not quite right. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, There's something about it that is, that is false. It's, it resembles truth, but it's false. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hmm. you know, it's, it's not, it's not so wrong that, that you just like laugh and say, that's just silly and stupid the blues aren't orange and the reds aren't green but exactly right uh but it, it, you know it's kind of like apophis doing the chat gpt for this episode <laughs> right yeah i mean it's kind of like apophis it's kind of like this episode but it's a but little it's bit apophis. over the top yeah 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 you know um uh, uh, perhaps a, a more exa- a better example would have been last time we did Atlantis and you did the Chat GPT of me. Yeah, it was remarkable how similar and uh, you know it it got a lot of things. Yes. but then it also just kind of did a, a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, it did yeah. It was not it was not actually Zach. You could tell. Yeah, um, that's what I got when I watched this episode. Yeah, uh, it it I mean full disclosure, I did not. Pay attention to this episode with the closeness that I do oh, most other episodes. Oh, oh, yeah, no, uh, well, yeah, because you also you also had a tough. I was exhausted. Week. Yeah, but I also will confess that um, maybe maybe about halfway through, uh, my phone went blurpy blurp, and I was totally fine with picking it up and taking a look at what I had going on because it was just like, yeah, whatever. This episode, it, you know, fine. Yeah. Um. So there was something that you wanted to, that you mentioned about you know, equality and power dynamics. Oh yeah. 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 And I I won't, you said, you said something to the effect of, you know, you can't have equality in, in relationships when the power dynamics are so divergent. Uh, yes. That's my position. You know? Yep. Um, I would, um, I, I would agree with you that you cannot have equality. Right. In that kind of relationship. But I would also contend, uh, at least I will take this position today, uh, that equality in this position is not what one is looking for, but equity. And you actually started using the word equity yeah, and, and then I changed it to equality. On purpose, yep. yep. Um, and, and I think equity is something that is attainable um, in such a relation, you know, power dynamic. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, it's more challenging and equality... Yeah. So here's the thing. It's like, you can never have, like, relationships are never equal. Well, right. I wasn't implying that. Um, right. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, but, I might have been but saying exactly that. You, 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 you were implying that, whether that's right. what you were going That's for. what I, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Um, you know, so the, the question is not one of equality uh, for me, at least, at least today maybe it in is my equity. arguments. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think equity is the thing. And that's something that, that, is not a guarantee by any stretch. And, and equity is usually easier to achieve when the difference of power levels is uh, smaller. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's but definitely equity, what I was driving regardless at. Regardless of the power different level can be achieved 
It just requires intentionality. But let me let me uh, throw in a very quick definition, just so that we're all on the same page here. And Zach, by all means, if you have a different definition, then speak up uh, after I say mine. But like equality versus equity, there's a pretty good metaphor that I've seen. There's a couple of great metaphors, but there's a, a, a halfway decent one that gets to the point across. Imagine you've got three people that are trying to watch a baseball game, um, uh, like a like a small time baseball game, no stands or anything. They're just standing outside the fence <clears throat> and it's a wooden fence, so you can't see through it. One person's very short, one person's of a medium height, and one person is is tall. Everyone's standing on the ground. <clears throat> the tall person can see, the the person of medium height cannot see, and the short person cannot see. Uh, equity, There's that's one version of equity. Equity in the giving sense is that you give everyone one box. No, that's equality. Uh, that is equality. Thank you. Um, thank Yes. <laughs> Equality is giving everyone one box. So now the tall person is standing on a box that they didn't need. The medium person is standing on a box they can see. The super short person is standing on one box they still cannot see. Uh, equity is that you don't give a box to the super tall person. You give a box to the medium sized person and you give two boxes to the small person. Now everybody can see. So in the context of, of this conversation for relational power dynamics, at least as I'm understanding it and how I'm thinking about it, is that uh, equity can be achieved in power differentials you have to understand that uh, that to some you end up giving nothing and to others you end up giving more. And that is therefore creating the sense of equity, not equality across the people. Right. So the, the goal, uh, that's exactly the same model that I would have done to yep. clarify this. Uh, the goal with equity over and against e- equality means everybody is treated identically. Correct. It's, that's equal. So regardless of what you have, everybody gets one, whatever. Um, And if there is a natural power differential, equality does not create the same experience for everybody. Yep. But equity recognizes that I have resources here in this pool. And if I share them appropriately, then all who are in the pool get to experience whatever the thing is, uh, in a similar manner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everybody gets to watch the baseball game if you give the shortest person two boxes. Yes. And you don't give any boxes to the tall person because the tall person didn't need it to see the game in the first place. Yeah. And the shortest person needed the two boxes just so they can get up and over that offense yep. to see. Yep. Um, so to bring you back to this episode, um, there is a natural power dynamic a differential Yep. Between an ascended being yes. and a human. Yes. One can use her brain to liquefy <laughs> radio ships. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> the other one can fly a plane. That's right. Can use his brain to get a basket of goodies. Now, um, in this type of situation, well, what is it that you could do to put them on an equal playing field? Well, you know, now the metaphor breaks down a little bit that what we were using before. However, uh, one of the, with equity, it requires, in particular, the person with more to begin with, to recognize that they have more to begin with and not insist on uh, their equal share. Yeah. Um, that, that That is something that is required. And that's where getting back to the original argument from where you began, where there's always going to be a power differential. There's always going to be power dynamics that can be problematic. And 
unfortunately, and here's the reality, and this is where things get dangerous, uh, it depends upon the person who has more power naturally to um, to be benevolent on some level. Yeah, yeah. Because as soon as that person decides that they're not going to be benevolent, then anything that was made to, anything that was, was done to create and facilitate equity can be torn apart, and the person who had less power to begin with has very little recourse. Uh, within conventional means, yeah. Within conventional means. Yeah, because then you can then you can escalate, but then you're in a situation of destruction, and now you're in a spot where you have to rebuild something, which is a strategy, but boy, is it destructive. <laughs> By definition. Well, and, you know, frankly, the, the destructive method doesn't actually solve the problem. No, it makes the problem go away, but now you got to build something. Well, no, it doesn't even make the problem go away. It just changes the names of the problem. Mm, I disagree, but we're still agreeing on one major point. There is no, it, it isn't better. When you destroy something, things don't get better. So, so the, the, the nature of power differential yeah. doesn't actually change when you destroy things. Uh, correct. Just, I mean, uh, the, the person who had the power in the first place may not be the person who has the power now after the destruction. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that there isn't somebody who has power and somebody who doesn't. Uh, it, I, w- there's a whole hour's worth of philosophy that we could probably talk about. Philosophy, genuine philosophy uh, that bickers and argues about that. But I don't think it's helpful. You, Zach, you and I started to have a conversation about this a few weeks ago. And the sort of the gist is that at some point being a philosopher in an armchair is great is all great fun but until it actually can do something for people it's kind of just pointless and so while i am willing to be the philosopher to have the argument to say eh, i think i disagree it, the short version is it's kind of pointless unless uh i can stand by it and say to zach no, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone now that the power name has shifted because of la la la, because it, it, it doesn't. It, practically speaking, Jack, you are perfectly correct that in our human understanding of what that idea is, when one person has power and another person takes it forcibly, they just shifted around who has the power. It actually does not, as you said, solve the problem. Yeah, I'm going to hear Zach. You are correct. That's all I heard. <laughs> <laughs> Good enough. Good enough. I'm sure. I'm just kidding. I know. I know. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, hey! you know what's kind of fun, though? Uh, I'll let you keep what? going here in a second. Oh, yeah. uh, I didn't know if we were going to actually have an interesting conversation with this episode, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so let's let's see if I can bring us back to this episode. Sure. Um, uh, it's an episode. It's an episode. It, 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 uh, I, I think... It's it's been a while since I've seen Atlantis. Mm-hmm. I think that that detector of aliens thing that that yeah. she turned on, blah, yeah. blah blah. I think that comes back in a future episode. Yeah, sure. So you know, there's something in this episode that matters. Oh, and I thought I think yeah, yeah. I thought though that there was um maybe not. Maybe it was just confirmed. I was thinking that uh that the the story that we were getting about ancients was actually somewhat interesting it's just that it wasn't there wasn't an awful lot of it there was maybe a couple of minutes worth of story about ancients in this episode 
But on sure. the other I hand, mean, it was the, just the, the, the idea of the ancients being, uh, and this is just confirming that, yeah. Yeah. that the ancients are still the ancients and they're still doing this. This is consistent of non-interference. Even here. And when you interfere, the, the judgment is pretty harsh. And in this case, it was, okay, you interfered with this culture to prevent them from being... So now it is your job to keep them safe forever, and you can only keep them safe, and you cannot do anything else. Um, which Ooh. is a type of punishment that uh, is in line with everything else that we've learned about ancients. There was one thing that also was a bit of, a, of an eyebrow twist. It has nothing to do with the love story or ancients. It was that Taylor, when they go to the surface... Uh, Shepard makes some comment about like, you know, Taylor maybe meeting them at one point and, and he's like, well, no, I guess it's because the, the, the Stargate is in orbit. And she's like, yeah, we, they would have, we, so we wouldn't have gone here. How do they know if a Stargate is in orbit or not? Oh, I remember thinking that exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's not really a whole lot of information <laughs> that you get when dialing a gate. That, yeah. that where you go is going to be okay. Like how many people, <laughs> how many cold corpses are floating around these planets where the gates in orbit? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I remember as I was watching this episode and she was making comments to that. I'm like, huh? Yeah. How would they know? <laughs> how do you know? <laughs> oh, and, don't and go to that one. <laughs> more often than not. I mean, with, with the Atlantis expedition uh, and, and Shepard and his team, they almost exclusively use the puddle jumper the first time they go to a planet, yeah, yeah. as far as we can see. And within which the which then solves that problem. Yeah. Do they have for them? Uh, the rover things. What do they call those things? I can't remember. The Malps. Thing. Malps. That's it. Do they have a Malp? Uh, you know, I, I would think that they would. I don't. Well, they, they don't do. have the, in the they, same manner, right? And I don't know. They certainly got one because they had one that went through the first time. But right. Yes, but the point is, is that our heroes uh, do some non. Uh, some some safe exploration at first to determine whether or not the other side is worth going to. Yeah, but if you don't have that as a capacity, correct. I mean, I suppose know? in that situation you um you send a mighty this, hunter. This, this is actually come back. We, we've actually seen this in in SG one for sure. I think probably Atlantis. You've kind of heard hints of this. You know, the idea of having um you know it's not enough to just know that if I hit a certain combination of buttons. It's going to open up to another planet. Right. It's having a list of places that I can open it up to. Yeah. To do something. Yeah. Um, where knowing those becomes vitally important. So you don't do exploration. Right. You do trade, which is what Taylor's people did. Right. So they they knew that if they went to that planet, they could trade with those. Yeah. People. So yeah. we knew it was safe. Um, and they didn't. They didn't try addresses that they didn't know. So then that whole lot. Yeah. Then that line needed to have been just like axed just completely. Like, don't even bring it up because we've already had situations where we are engaging with peoples that Taylor had never seen before. And so therefore, that's the simple answer of that. They had their addresses that they knew where they went. Um, not every address, not every combination works. So. You know, you just have your addresses. Maybe some, maybe there were some explorers, but I mean, how, if, if three out of 10 never come back, you kind of get a little bit cold feet, right? You know, like, yeah, yeah. just drop Um, that line. Well, here again, that would just be another example of rookie writing. Just have them. Yeah. Just have them stand there. Just be like, wow. Yeah. Cool. Here we are. All right. Let's go talk. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I really don't have anything more to say. I don't either. I can't think of anything else. So I think, All right. I think it's time. I think it's time. Um, so you have seven chevrons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you want, you can go to eight. You Good. can, you know, surpass the, the limit. Uh-huh. Um, uh, so how many chevrons are you going to give Sanctuary? If I give it eight, can I leave this galaxy? No. <laughs> um, I the more that we talked about it, the less I liked it. <laughs> I liked <laughs> I, I liked I liked the conversation, that is for sure. Um, but there's just too much about this that's giving me emancipation vibes. Um and you know, do I think it's actually a one chevron show? Eh, no. I don't, um, but I'm going to give it two, and I know that's harsh. Like, I know that it is harsh, but like, I mean, let's be real here. This story was boring to me. Um, I thought it was clumsy, as you were saying. I thought that there were gaps, the logical gaps that kind of ended up getting a little bit, like, got created and they weren't really well resolved. Um, I thought that uh, the acting was fine, sure, but like everyone was acting no no it wasn't it wasn't to your point everyone was was operating at like you know level 12 which so like in my opinion i'll just interject here. yeah they were acting they were acting precisely the way the director told them to act yeah 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 right but it was not quite right it wasn't right and so you know in the same way that i don't discount um you know amanda tapping michael shanks richard dean anderson like their their role in uh emancipation like they 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 acted the hell out of it like i thought they did a fine job in the acting it's just that i hated the story and i thought it was you know i had a whole list of reasons why i don't like it mm-hmm. it's not because they acted poorly same here they acted well but it's just like Ugh. so i'm gonna give it a two out of seven pretty pretty harsh but i didn't like it so what about you how many do you give yeah. it um uh, two <laughs> Uh, for all the reasons that you just laid out, uh, this, you know, and, and I, you know, you actually mentioned that the more we talked about this episode, the less you liked it. Yeah. That was true. And I didn't like it very much. To begin with. <laughs> oh, no. You realize, though, that we're going to end up like reading some of the predictions and such and people will be like, this is great. It's got blah. It's got blah. You know, six if, out of seven for if, me. If, if if somebody else thinks this is a great episode and can tell me why they think it's a great episode, I would love that. Now, yes, and it does occur to me that, as I mentioned, I don't particularly like um, television sto- romance television stories, especially romance stories inside genres that aren't necessarily what that is. Like it's just not right. not my thing. But I don't know how this episode stands up as a romance story for people who enjoy romance stories. Maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I will listen to somebody who has a differing opinion. Sure. Because that's what I try to do. Yeah, that's right. Um, I have a hard time imagining that this is a good romance story. I don't think so either, but I don't know. Maybe it is. Anyway, there really is only one way we can, you know, figure this out. That's right? true. And that is to go to our predictions yep. and comments from our good listeners yep. and see what they say about this episode. Yes. Okay. All right. So let me pull up the Facebooks. The Facebooks. Facebook. Pulling up the Facebook. I'm, I'm going to stop now. <laughs> All right. Here we 
go. Um, yeah. Our first Facebook is from Kim. Hi, Kim. Kim says, those pesky ancients keep popping up everywhere, lol. <laughs> For a race that doesn't like to interfere, they seem to have their fingers in a lot of other people's business. Oh, yeah. This is a decent episode. Oh. Once again, Shepard falls for someone that is unattainable, just like Jack and Daniel. Yes. I give this a five. Wow, okay. And a five and a half for Zach and six for Brent. No, no, the other way. Go the other way. (laughs) (laughs) So, well, this is when I say, Kim, say more. Yes, I would be interested. Tell me more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I would love to know more. Uh, Kevin is next. Hi, Kevin. Kevin says, hi, Zach. Hi, Brent. I'm back. Welcome back. This episode is average. Yeah. Painfully average. So painfully average that I struggled to find anything to take notes on. Yeah. But somehow I forced myself to anyway. Okay. All right. Number one. Wouldn't Rodney be able to somehow triangulate the source of the weapon with all his fancy equipment? Eh, Probably. Yeah. Why is... Number two. Why is Rodney so untrusting of strangers? Is he like that with is he like that with the average citizen? Yeah, it could be. Number three. Because I am having trouble finding interesting things to take note of, I'll say that twice now autocorrect has changed Rodney to Rodent. Rodent. <laughs> <laughs> Rodent McKay. <laughs> Number four. Oh, more ancient light sex. Yeah. Haven't seen that since Carter and Orlin yeah, got which together. I forgot about, which I'll probably forget about this one too. This episode is incredibly average. Not good, not bad, just blah. I think I would have more fun arranging my cup of joe uh, <laughs> tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to guess four chevrons from all concerned parties. Yeah, no, no. No. Less. No, less. Uh, and that's what I have here. I, I thought I saw more on here. So let me, let me do some more looking. He's going to poke around. Do you, you want me to do Discord while you poke around a little bit? Um, yeah, why don't you do that? Okay, go to Discord. We'll scroll. We'll see what we got here. We got JD. Hi, JD. Hi, JD. JD says, so I have feelings about this episode. All right, okay, all right. All right. Good feelings or bad? Let's find out. Shepard is at his most Captain Kirk with Space Babes-ish, which I don't love. But you learn some cool stuff about the Lanteans and the Pegasus Galaxy. I'll give it a 4.5, and I think Zach will too. I think Brent will be feeling generous and go with a 5. Nope. Nope. Sorry, JD. But JD's lived up to his name, I guess. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we got. Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure I, that's all I got from Facebook. Oh, that's for the Facebook. All right. We got all Jen. Right. Hi, Jen. Hi, Jen. Hi, guys. I hope you had a great week. My prediction is actually a wild guess. I was going through a major surgery of, with my mom. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this week. I hope she's feeling better, by the way, Jen, uh, and recovers soon. Alas, no time to watch the episode. I'll just guess that Zach will rate this a five and a half Chevron, and Brent will go with six out of eight Chevrons this week. Why? Because I simply want to wreak some havoc among the ratings, and I have absolutely no clue what the episode is about. David's trailer (laughs) was amazing, though. (laughs) Uh, A good strategy, but unfortunately, it did not pay off. It did not. Uh... Yeah, so then uh, Kevin kind of sneaks in here with uh, with with the kind of a bonus prediction. He predicts less than or equal to eight chevrons total. He's he's kind of right. So it was less. We than eight. have already established that none of this less than or equal oh, stuff no. counts. There's, there's no boop to boops. There's no boops. No, but there there's that. Okay, that's all we got for the uh, for the uh, discords. That's what this is. 
the Discord. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, we have some emails. Yes. Um, our first email is from Edward. Hi, Edward. Or or Ed. Hi, Ed. Uh, you know, it's just so, Ed. Ed. Just Ed. Hi, Ed. Hi, Ed. The visuals in this episode were terrible because. The story kept fogging up my LCD screen. Is it just me, or is it getting warm in here? Couldn't they have just talked these things over in a diner instead of Shepard's bedroom? <laughs> but, Ed, then we wouldn't have the ooh-la-las. <laughs> you gotta have some ooh-la-las if you want to keep the ratings up. Um, Sure. I'll predict a three out of seven chevrons from both of you. Look very close. Sexy tropey trope is tropey. Yeah, it was tropey. Yeah, excellent. Uh, He continues. I think the only thing I really found interesting about this episode is that the ending contributes to this common thing that the ancients are less benevolent than we think and more jerky than we'd like. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were feeling even less generous than you on this episode, Ed. But uh, thank you very much for I mean, your your position. I think to Ed's credit, your, I mean, I was tropey tropey tropes is kind of right there. I was probably starting at a three, but then we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, last week we were talking about full alert, and we kind of both started off lower and mm-hmm. went higher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yep. Uh, okay, so we have a prediction from David. Hi, David. Uh, David got this in literally at the last minute. Oh, wow. Just as we were hitting record. Yes. Um, well, I mean, it came in an hour ago as I read this now. But yes. we're recording this in, anyway. Yep. Anyway, so it starts off with a picture from Disney's quasi, uh, Disney's Hunchback of Notre Dame of Quasimodo. Yeah. And he says, I ask for sanctuary in this Chevron encoding bias buffer. Uh, we can give it. Yeah. We're uh, not ancients. He continues. Forgettable. Yeah, nice background information for the ancients. Atlanteans ascended, but strictly filler for uh, with almost no lasting impact, except for reminding us again that the SGA team was not the first, and that ascension is a thing. Yes. Yep. Yep. Brent three chevrons for the writers trying to make Shepard into Kirk. Pretty close. Yeah. Yeah, Zach, three chevrons as yeah. well for some reason. <laughs> yeah, for some reason. <laughs> Very close. Very close indeed. And then he does say, thanks for reminding me on Discord you were about to record. Yeah. I totally spaced on this. Hey, no worries. That's what hey, friends are for. what's important, David, is that you got us the promo for next week's episode. Well, yeah, that's, uh, but yeah, yeah. So. I mean, we could, if David forgot to do that, which would be fine because people are people. It's like, it's, we could, we could probably like, you know. Not with sock puppets, because that's still a wonderful idea, but like we could we could make something up, probably. We 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 could do something. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what we do, but we'd do something. It would do be, be something. It would be something. All right. Well, that's all the predictions we have. Yeah, thanks everybody. Thanks, everybody. Uh appreciate that. Um Kim, let us know what your thoughts are and you know, like walk me through where you you're at. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I want to know. Totally. I'm curious. <clears throat> um okay. Yeah. Next week. Well, I'm gonna say next episode. Because I don't think I'm going to be available next Saturday, Brent. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Fine. Fine. Um, I think that we're going to be at Julie's family's on next Saturday. So yeah, I don't no think worries. I'm going to record. Um, so next episode is uh, back to SG-1. We're at the episode Citizen Joe. Yeah. Citizen Joe. So I ask. Citizen Joe. What is Citizen Joe all about? So I've got to admit I got that somehow last week, 
I discovered that the episode title coming up was Citizen Joe, and I can't remember how I figured that out. Maybe it was two weeks ago. Whatever. But it got me thinking that I should spend time to actually prepare something for this, which is totally against what we normally do. But here's why. This is why. Because okay. um, the first thing that crossed my mind when I saw the word Citizen Joe wasn't Citizen Kane, wasn't anything about coffee. It was Cotton-Eyed Joe, that song that was made okay. ever so popular yep. in the 1990s by, uh, I can't remember the name of the band, but they're from Sweden, by the way, that band that, that did the Cotton-Eyed Joe thing from the 90s that we love so much. So right. I decided just now, what I'm going to do is that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask ChatGPT. <laughs> I'm going to ask ChatGPT oh, no. to rewrite the lyrics of Cotton-Eyed Joe, Cotton-Eyed Joe, to instead be about, quote, Citizen Joe. You ready? Here we go. You ready for this? <laughs> go. All right. Uh, if you're from the cotton side. Oh, no, sorry. If you're from. The, sorry, I got to start all over again. All right, here we go. <clears throat> Next it's SG-1, right? Yeah, okay. Next time on Stargate SG-1, the SG-1 team traveled through the gate to find themselves in a strange world. They are immediately met by a robot that starts singing to them. If you're from the countryside, the countryside, I'm sure you'll know, about a legend, a tale called Citizen Joe. He's a man of the people, a beacon of light, fighting for justice with all of his might. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from, Citizen Joe? He's the hero of the land, a legend we all know. Where did you come from, Citizen Joe? He got a hat on his head and a heart so true. A voice for the voiceless, he'll stand up for you. In the halls of power, he'll never back down. Citizen Joe finds, fights for common ground. Where did he come from? Where did he go? Where did he come from, Citizen Joe? He's the hero of the land, a legend we all know. Where did he, you come from, Citizen Joe? He rallies the people with passion and grace, uniting all, us all in a common embrace. Through trials and challenges, he'll lead the way. Citizen Joe, we're with you, come what may. <laughs> From the city to city, he travels the land, inspiring us all with a helping hand. He fights for equality, for freedom and rights. Citizen Joe, our guiding light. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Citizen Joe? He is the hero of land, a legend we all know. Where did you come from, Citizen Joe? So raise your voice high, let your spirit show. In honor of the one called Citizen Joe, he's the champion of the people, the star of the show. Where did you come from, Citizen Joe? Join us next time on Stargate SG-1. Citizen Joe, as created by robots okay yeah first of all yeah oh thanks well i didn't do it <laughs> uh, well they're not for you they're oh, not for it's, you it's for chat gpt <laughs> all right good job chat and it did it in like a half a second like <laughs> wow um so they don't go to a strange new world and find robots okay um, do they find a citizen named joe uh, there is a character in the show named Joe. Okay. And he is a citizen. Oh, good. Uh, does he fight for rights and freedom and equality? I believe he's a barber. Well, you know, you could still fight for rights and liberty and things while being a well, barber. You know, you, you need all of those things in a barber shop. So yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Sure. Yep. All right. So before I spoil any more about this episode. <laughs> okay. We should watch the promo. Okay, I'm ready to watch the promo. Okay, I am hitting play now. 
Aha. Aha. Oh no! It's a clip show! Oh yes! I mean, this is all new footage that I'm seeing here right now. Do you recognize that actor? Yes! Um, um... Oh, oh, who is that? He's in makeup all the time. Who is he? No. Well, maybe. He's... he's... a, a voice you recognize. Oh, no, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh... The guy that plays Homer. Yes. Yeah. doesn't matter to anyone. All you need to know is you ruined my life. Oh no! What? Oh. Okay. Alright. I guess I could be down with this. So, we've experienced a number of clip shows with SG-1. Yes. Um, and I told you from the very beginning when we had our first clip shows that SG-1 does clip shows better than anybody else. Yes, that's right. You did say that. Yes. Uh, and I think, if I recall correctly, that, that I have gotten you to admit that that is true. Yeah. Uh, yes, this is very true. Also, my appreciation for clip shows has grown e immensely since I tried to make my own clip show. It's hard. Yes. So, this is the last clip show. Ooh. Oh, my. Of SG-1. Okay. Wow. So this is this is it. This is this is their this is their swan song. This is the swan song. And I don't want to say anything more, but I'll just set that there for you. Um uh, this is Citizen Joe. So uh so can I can I read a quick poem? Okay. If you're a if fan you're a podcast, of podcast, you TV, can do that. Then surely you know about a classic far format called clip shows. They take us back through moments we've seen, reminding us of laughter and all the scenes. What did we watch? Where did it go? What did we watch those clip shows? They compile the memories like a time machine. That doesn't rhyme. <laughs> what did we watch those clip shows? I asked it to do it again but with clip shows. <laughs> it totally did. Though. Oh, my. The, 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 the cotton eye jump with clip shows again. From sitcoms to drama, they bring back the best, recapping the stories we once loved and obsessed. A montage of laughter, tears, and surprise. Clip shows take us back right before our eyes. <laughs> Oh my! I'm gonna right, stop. Right. So, so, Brent, I'm going to encourage you after you have uh, released this episode to the public, yeah, to go ahead and put that on the Discord. Oh, because sure. The people would love that. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, oh boy, this and, is hilarious. And, and frankly, if you didn't, then I know that Kevin and probably others, perhaps Jen, <laughs> would insist upon it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh boy, this is great. Oh. Okay. They bring so, back the characters that we adored with nostalgic moments we can't go. <laughs> oh, so, sorry. Carry on. <laughs> so if you have anything from Chad GPT uh -huh. to romance TV yep. shows to whatever that you need to share with us, email us at walkingthroughthestargate at gmail.com. Yep. Uh, follow us on uh, the Facebooks and go and join the Discord channel and all of that stuff. If you want to throw us a few shekels, go ahead and do that at buymeacoffee.com. Uh, you can find the link on our website, which is wtts.space. Space! And with all of that, I say I'm Zach. I'm Brent. This has been Walking Through the Stargate. See you next time. Bye. Carter, dial it up. Get these people home.